This morning we are continuing our sermon series called Risen. And I want to welcome you to Resurrection Sunday. Friends, Jesus Christ is risen. He's alive. He's alive. Luke 24, we get the last part of the resurrection story. The Bible says this in in verse 50. When Jesus had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And, And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. You know, I love, uh, I always love stories to have happy endings, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I like, I like a movie where the, uh, the good guy, even though he's beat up, comes out on top, whips all the bad guy and gets the woman, right? I mean, that's how, <laughs> that's how a good movie goes, right? Uh, and, but, but, so this story, this story, uh, the greatest story ever told, here's Jesus comes in on the scene. He spends his, these years with these guys. I mean, he showed them some great marvelous things, and then he dies on the cross, yet they still didn't quite get the ending of the story yet. So all of a sudden, when the uh, guys in the road to Emmaus have had an experience with Jesus, they come running into the room. They're telling, in the middle of their telling their story about seeing him, he just appears. Now, I don't know about you, when somebody just shows up in the middle of the room without walking through the door, that's a little startling, you know? That's right. And so that's kind of what happens. And all of a sudden, there's this fear there's this anxiety there. There's this even, is this really true? Is he, maybe he's just a ghost. No, he says, look, you can touch me. I mean, I'll eat with you. I've sat down. With, I, it's really me. That body, the body of Christ, came out of the ground. And they're startled and they're frightened and they even have doubt. And yet, well, here's what I love about God. He takes frightened, startled, doubting men and uses them to turn the world upside down. Do you think he can't use you today? Uh, whatever fear you brought in here, whatever doubts you brought in, whatever anxiousness you've brought in, your own lack of belief at times, I'm telling you, God can take and move you from a point of where fear dominated your life to a point where you can be used for the kingdom in a great way. You know, I get to work with people uh, during the week. And often I, I find people that come to our church offices and they're living in a, a state of fear. I don't know what's going to happen in this situation or how's God going to resolve this or what can he do in, in this particular area of my life. I'm afraid. I, I, I have doubt. I, I don't know how this is possibly going to work. What's happening in those lives is those individuals are living too far into the future. And you know whose territory the future is? That's God's territory. That's God's territory. He's gone before. He's got a plan. The, the cross was part of the plan. And so was the resurrection. But Jesus' followers, they couldn't see that. So as he's, leaving them, as he's leading them to Bethany, he's, he's not just physically leading his disciples. He's spiritually and emotionally leading them from their fear and their worry and their doubt to a place of peace and a place of calm. He can do the same for you today. First John's writer says a perfect love casts out what? Fear. And so while fear is a is a proper biblical motivation, 
it's also an immature one. You know, so as you grow in that maturity of love, fear does this. Maybe you're motivated by fear, but as you grow in love, fear kind of does this. It comes down, fear goes up, right? We understand it from kids because when I was a kid, my dad motivated me, uh, you know, to do certain chores around the house. It came time to, you know, mow the yard, and, well, he would motivate me. He'd pull me to the side, and he would hug me and say, Mike, I just love you so much. You just need to mow the... No, that's not what happened. Is that how it works at your house? No, my house, he'd mow the yard, and if I didn't, uh, he, I got leather therapy. Uh, that's good therapy. That's good therapy. It worked. And, uh, 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 but, but as I grew up, and as a young adult, when I would go home and the yard would need mowed from my dad, I didn't do it because I was afraid my dad would whip me anymore. I did it because I love my dad, and I, I want to I help him. There's something that needs to be done there. And that's the way this is as we grow in our love and our relationship with God. We, don't, we have a great father. Who, who, uh, who loves us. We have the Son of God sitting at the right hand of God to help us. And, uh, oh man, look at the great things that we have at God's children. Let's stand and, let's stand and sing. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid. The Lord goes with you each and every day. He'll never forsake you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He'll never forsake you.
text back in the uh, 51st verse, Jesus blesses these guys. All of their fear, all of their doubt, all of their concern, and he doesn't have a word of chastisement for them. He doesn't have discipline for them. He doesn't have criticism for them. He's not condescending. He lifts up his hands and he blesses them. And as he's lifting his hands and blessing them, he brings them to a place of fulfilled promises. He is alive. And everything he told them, he would bring to pass. I I love recounting the promises of God. You know, Jesus in John 14, you remember Jesus told told the guys there, he said, look, I'm going to prepare a place for you, right? And that's what heaven is. It's that prepared place for prepared people. And so he, he said, I'm going to do that. He makes that promise. He promises in Matthew, he said, look, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. He promised there also that, uh, uh, in the loop page, look, you're going to go and get into Jerusalem, and I'm going to clothe you with power from on high. Now think about that. I've got the words of Christ. I've got Christ himself with me. I am indwelled inside this body by the Holy Spirit of God. Look, that ought to give me some confidence about the uh, purpose that God's given me in life. That in all my mess-ups and my mistakes, it's not about me having confidence in my ability. And it's, by the way, too, it's not about me being conceited either. You know, sometimes we kind of get those... You know what conceit is, right? It's that disease that makes everybody sick except the guy who has it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Instead, we're confident. We know that confidence... That's going after Moby Dick with a harpoon in one hand and a jar of tartar sauce in the other. Right? You're ready to roll. We have confidence because the Holy Spirit is in us. We have confidence because Jesus promises us. And look, that empty tomb says He can fulfill every promise He's ever given us. That's good news, Trent. It's good news. You guys are not hearing us up here. Jesus Christ fulfills His promises. You have a place. You have a purpose. 
You will have power. He is alive. You have a place. You have a place. You have a place. You're going to have power. And you're going to have power. And you're going to have a purpose. Get up off your feet and give the Lord a clap of praise. He is alive. He's alive. It's Resurrection Sunday. He's alive. God fulfills His promises. If you don't get excited, I'm going to get excited for all y'all. Don't be sleeping on the pew on Resurrection Sunday. He's alive. You'll have a place. You'll have a purpose. You'll have power. I'm excited about that. I'm excited. It's it's Resurrection Sunday. (laughs) Well, you just resurrected three people in the back row. That's right. Man. Close to being, you know, uh, in coma state. So you brought them right out of it. I appreciate that. You know what? Coming from where some of us have come from and knowing where we used to be and where we are now, Today is everything. Jesus Christ lives. He lives. It is, it is what makes Christianity the empty tomb. And so whatever you brought into this assembly today, whatever sin that's caused your heart to be empty, whatever, uh, whatever anger there is, whatever uh, immorality there is, whatever it is that's filled your life and kept you dead... The good news is, you can come alive again. And that's the story of the resurrection. That's right. And in that, we have help. Even when you, when you commit your life to God, we have someone that walks with us day in and day out. I, I love partnering with Trent and ministry. I love the partnership with our whole ministry team. Because you just need community. We need each other. But not only do we have God's given us a family to walk together, but He's promised a high priest to walk with us, and he knows exactly what we go through. Mm-hmm. He's never surprised at our day to come. We wake up, sometimes the day surprises us. The message from the job surprises us. The doctor's phone call surprises mm-hmm. us. Nothing ever surprises God. And he's the one that he promises he'll be with you. Let's, uh, let's stand and sing. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands, my name is Oh, 
righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with Himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by His blood. My life is
one of my favorite verses uh, uh, is Romans 1, 16 and 17, where he says, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the story of the death, burial, resurrection. I'm not ashamed of that. It's the power of God, dunamis, dynamite. It's the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then verse 17 says, For therein, in that message, in that story, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Now it's like this. It looked like in the Old Testament God would save David and Abraham and, and Satan could holler up and say, how could you save those guys? There's no sacrifice for their sins. But remember, God before the creation of the world had already crucified Christ in his mind to save the sins of mankind, right? And so, but when the gospel is preached in history, the curtain is, is rolled back and now we get to look in for therein in the gospel is a righteousness from God revealed Now we get to see it on this side, how God was righteous in everything he did in saving mankind. And that story is a powerful story that changes the hearts and lives of men. That gospel story is still what moves people's hearts. Please do not get familiar with the story of the gospel. Don't take it for granted. You know, we sit in here and we're talking about Jesus if, you would, if you'd read the last part of our text, and then you'd skip over to Acts chapter 1, verse 9, corresponds with that, that last verse in Luke 24. Jesus is taken up before these guys. That's the power of the gospel. He's alive. He's taken up. He's mediating between them and God and us and God even today. And that story changes lives. It changes lives. And we better get excited about it. I'm up here listening to Mike talk about God's promises and I'm seeing faces. And I know you know what we're saying to be true. But to feel it fresh. And to remember its power. And how it transformed you and brought you from death to life. That should reignite your fire. And it should make you feel excited again. That's power. That's power. You know, someone asked me one time, I said, Mike... uh, I have this friend, he's an atheist, uh, 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 you know, would you study with him, what, when, what are you going to say when you do? I said, I'm going to share the gospel with him. Yeah, but my, he doesn't even believe in the Bible, what are, you going to, how, what are you going to share with him? I said, the gospel. That's right. He said, well that doesn't make any sense. I said, no, listen, the power to change a heart lies within the message of who Jesus is and what he's done for them. Right. Look, in the New Testament, when they were going out, they weren't looking up Bible verses, they were telling the story. They didn't say, well, look, if you'll just wait a couple of years and look it up in Timothy, you'll find out. And they didn't have the Bible, right? They, they turned the world upside down. Right. They had the message of the death, burial, and resurrection yeah, of Jesus that he could change their lives. Amen. That's all you need Amen. to go out and tell the story. And when you tell that story, hearts are moved and hearts are touched. Some are hardened because they don't want to hear it. I was that way one time. I don't want to hear it. But then when that message grips a person's heart and all of a sudden turns their hardness into tears and they realize this is not about information. It's not about growing up in church getting taught the right things. It's not about information. It's about transformation. That God's story can change my heart and He can forgive my sin. 
And oh, I don't know about you, I got a whole bunch of them that need forgiven. I'm glad his mercies are new every morning, aren't you? Because I need them every morning. But that message is the message he gave to his, his disciples. And it was a message of power. Not that they were powerful men, but they were ordinary men that God empowered. And through this message, they changed hearts and lives. And I guarantee you, your life can be changed the same way. The Resurrection Sunday service is all about death becoming life. And even though everybody under the sound of my voice walked in here today with a pulse, some of you spiritually are dead in your trespasses and sins. And it's because Jesus still lives that each and every one of you can be redeemed. So don't forget the reality that your Redeemer lives.
Thank you. 